If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. It's happening. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what are you stuck under? My rock. What? That's, that, that's a heavy rock. Get it's, under. Get out of that rock. It's too heavy. <sighs> okay, let me... Excuse me one second. Uh, okay. I pushed it. It's gone. Now Now. Now you could feel much ease, much more ease. <laughs> I can't walk. But that's okay because we're... We're doing the show. We, we're right here. My legs were stuck to the bottom of that rock. Okay. Before the end of the show. I'm a torso on this chair. Remind me before we end the show to put your pieces back together. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to have a Humpty Dumpty great time. They fit together like those train track pieces <laughs> that are really a great throwback on a show called Lost and Rewound. It's true. And we do this every week here on Radio Free Brooklyn from 3 to 4 p.m. every Thursday. Um, that's Rachel Teichman, the walking torso or the non-walking torso. Yes. <laughs> and I am the um, man with m- way more many limbs than he uh, deserves, uh, Alon Danziger. And this uh, is going to be a fun week. Uh, I don't know where Will is. I don't know where Catherine is, but that's okay. We it- can try calling him again. That'd be funny. But I don't know if he'll pick up. Can- so We could try. <laughs> It's not going to work because this is in the future. So either way, I'm sure if you want, if somebody is listening to this now and wanted to call him, they'd be like, "Oh, he is picking up." But what? And they don't understand the time space continuum just breaks. I don't think time travel can work. No, because where are all the people time traveling? Why haven't we run into them yet? Maybe we have, and we don't know. Why didn't they say anything? I mean, do you know what kind of laws are being broken if you do like out yourself? Listen, There's I've time failed algebra one multiple times, so no, I don't. <laughs> um, if you are interested in listening to past episodes of this rabble rousing affair and where we dig deep into your rough and raw sounds from the past to connect the dots between then and now, uh, we've done a lot of episodes of the show, and you should go and check out our archives on SoundCloud iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify. And also, if you go to our profile page, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. And if you go down, past below, like the info, you'll see there's like the megaphone player, and you just get all our episodes right there. Boom. You have it. You don't have to leave the site. It's easy. You can, you can, you don't even need to have a head or arms or legs. You're just a torso like Rachel. <laughs> megaphone. Megaphone. Um, yes, at any rate, uh, <laughs> in so much as uh, what we have planned for this week of LNR, um, let us begin on a journey that we don't know where we're going to go, but we just got to start the car and see what happens. How do you drive a car with no legs? I'll take care of it. You just 
guide the with in the passenger seat. Well, I think they have accessibility things for that now. No time to talk. Accessibility be damned. Let's go. Madeline Long is a Brooklyn-based singer-songwriter hailing from Jacksonville, Florida. You might have seen her fronting the band Jury Duty in and around North Brooklyn. She's played uh, Sunnyvale, Footlight even, and also Old Sounds, um, I believe The Glove as well, uh, and so many, so many more. She is also, if I may say so myself, a fantastic writer who has read her work at the same page reading series at the Red Room above KGB Bar in Manhattan. She creates. That's all you need to know. And right now, she is here with us this week on LNR. Hello, Madeline. Sup? <laughs> What's up, Milan? <laughs> what is up? This is so great. I'm so happy after all these months, we can finally make this happen. I know, finally. You are with old audio that you're going to be sharing with us this week. Yes, yes, I am. That's... Lots of fun, old, old audio. Yeah. Do you normally look at yourself or listen to yourself from the past or do you try to avoid it? I mean, I mostly try to avoid it, honestly. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, a lot of <laughs> a lot of my old recordings I have like on private, or you know, like just so I never have to look at them or see them. Of so course, this is a very special occasion. <laughs> Are you first of all, as as the as the um, gentleman by the name of Craig Ferguson once asked uh, every uh, night, uh, "Are you getting enough oxygen?" Uh, maybe. I think so. This is the first time that you've been on a podcast in how long? In, Eight years? In in many, many years. And would you say that it was an experience much like this one where at the very least, at the very core, it was focusing on your music? It was focused on music that I was involved in, uh, but it wasn't focused on like my personal music. It was it was like a band that I was in back oh, yeah? in the day. What kind of band? Like a twee indie pop rock band in florida yeah in jacksonville and everybody was from jacksonville or did you like travel and, around no every everyone in the band was from jacksonville but we did tour a you, lot where did you guys travel to um actually all all over the u.s we did like east coast west coast really yeah awesome and well, i was like a teenager then so and were all the other members teenagers as well no they were much older than i was I see. So I'm yeah. getting a Joan Jett vibe. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, did you guys? I'm Joan Jett. I don't know. That's the secret. I drive this. by your house all the time when I go to see my relatives in Long Island. Yeah, I see you. It's it's creepy. Rockville Center is a small place. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is uh, you're uh, the youngest member of a band, uh, all, mostly male or? Yeah, no, it was all, it was all dudes. Okay. Again, with the Joan Jett vibe. <laughs> Thank you. Well... How did you come about uh, joining this band? I was in like a duo, like a singer-songwriter duo with my best friend back in Jacksonville. And we used to play like local shows, very low-key casual things when we were in high school. And someone from a local band happened to see us play and their friend had been looking for a female vocalist for his band. and they spread the word that you know i was playing music and whatever and they got us in touch 
before this happened, did you see firsthand a lot of friends kind of go through the same ringer in terms of, you know, playing a lot of shows and being seen? Does it seem like there's a real industry around a city like Jacksonville when it comes to young musicians playing around? Or, I mean, I mean, Florida in general, I think having that microcosm of entertainment um, epicenter really kind of lends itself to even somewhere like outside of Orlando and Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I do think that there's like a definite goal of local musicians trying to, I don't know, like advertise themselves in such a way that they have to tour to like become more popular. Obviously, that's like what all musicians have to do nowadays. Specifically in Jacksonville, you have to play like a lot of shows locally to get any sort of following. Mm -hmm. Um and then from there you can tour, but like if you don't have any sort of local following, like no one is going to give a shit about what you're doing. Right. No, I mean, it's a, a, certainly a scene enough within itself that you really have to, um, you'll go through the ranks and be a, a known entity before you can really think about even getting anywhere else. Uh, you, you have to roll with like a very, you know, you have to, you have to roll you with You have to a, be in the scene. You have for to roll sure. with it. Exactly. Yeah, you have to like know certain people. And if you don't know those people or you aren't like, you know, in and I feel like that's like pretty common no matter where you're playing music. Did you like being in when you were in teen when you were a teenager? Uh I don't I didn't consider myself in back then. I felt like I was sort of an outsider actually. Like I was just sort of like brought in because I was like this younger random person. I didn't I didn't feel like I was like actually in the scene back then. So you felt like a total alien when you were going to these shows like you. Oh, 100 percent. That's a lot of growing up that you're forced to have to do when you actually are hired to be a part of a band when you're not even out of high school. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's I, I, I can't I can't even like fathom that it. it's wild. This yeah. is like around the time of MySpace, too, right? Oh, my God. Yes. So the band had a MySpace page. Um, I don't even remember. I mean, probably. I mean, that's exposure. I, mean, yeah. I think that, I mean, I don't know what the status of um, like X year, but when MySpace music was popping off, but having enough of a social media presence in like the Wild West days, uh, so right, to speak. Yeah. Yes, must... the Wild West MySpace days. Shit. I mean, have you guys used Friendster? No. Uh, yeah. You did, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But how is the exposure? I want to talk about that um, a little more uh, in terms of like being out there and getting a chance to, I guess, do what YouTube ends up lensing to actually you performing with another band out in the open I as mean, opposed to just in your bedroom. With that band, uh, the exposure, and eh, there wasn't really a lot of exposure. <laughs> I feel like I probably got a lot more exposure just like doing my own shit and putting it on YouTube than like right. my actual band that was signed to a label. The stuff that you were creating personally was more fulfilling even then than what you were doing with a profession professional band. Personally more fulfilling. <sighs> you were Not, playing guitar, right? In the in the band I was just singing. You were just singing. Yeah. I mean, when we played live, I would play rhythm guitar, but like on recordings I was just singing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Sometimes live I would play tambourine because, you know, that's what the ladies can do. They mm. can keep a beat, apparently. Who's to know. say that uh, that you, you women can't do you know all of the? I mean, I mean, I guess it's like it's like a miscellaneous sort of like yeah, you get to do everything else that we don't want exactly. Do. Yeah, That's I can play the bullshit. kazoo uh, and I can like clap. If you're a willing participant, I guess it's, yeah. it's one thing. 
yeah. Do you like to play like kazoos and harmonicas and <laughs> all that? Fuck no. <laughs> you sh- you- okay. I mean, I'm saying if you ever need a band and you need like someone to rock a bongo. Okay, I mean, maybe a kazoo. I'll, I'll rock a kazoo. I'll rock a harmonica horn or a straight up harmonica. Give me bongos. I mean, if you ever need a one. A bong? Yo, okay, yeah. If you ever want to collaborate, Madeline. Totally. I'll play cello for you. Oh my God, love it. This is really just such a team. <laughs> cello, bongos. I'm so into it. And I can just clap. <laughs> It'll be great. Wait. So s- three rhythm instruments. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. <laughs> um, just to entertain me for a second, uh, you were talking about Friendster that you did have a profile and I was thinking about it recently and I'm just realizing how social media is such a validation game, but Friendster really had the validation game on lock because they invented it. Yes, totally. I like I mean, I was in like middle school when I had a friendster and I thought I was like the coolest person because I had one. I was like really into it. What most into it were you like in the way that you were carefully curating your persona or the actual getting, you know, validation from other people that you were friends with? Um, I mean, it was definitely both, but I think that I was more focused on the carefully uh, curating my persona for sure. What was and some- then that carried into numerous other social media platforms that now exist sure but it started at friendster effectively deaf what would someone see if they went to that profile in terms of like photos like what does madeline long at 15 um want to sport uh (laughs) i don't know it would probably be like pictures of me at warp tour or some shit sure me with braces wearing like a motion city soundtrack t-shirt or something yes um or like a hello goodbye shirt or something. What's that? It's like a <laughs> it's like a nerdy like math rock pop punk cutesy twee band from I, I, have you heard of them, Rachel? I have not heard of this band. Something about this sounds really familiar and it's like digging up a part of something that I forgot that you've existed. Long since buried. I don't know that I ever intentionally listened to them, <laughs> but I, I really I think they were a part of my life somehow. Oh my god. There's some kind them. of internet reasoning. Yeah. If you go to the emo subsets of the internet back in the day, I think that's where I came across. Because there were like graphics, right? Yes. Like people were making GIFs based on yes. their music, right? Yes. Okay, I'm not wrong. It was like very cartoony to yes. like the artwork for their like albums and stuff. They were very into like cutesy emo, like yeah. sort of cartoony things. And it's really cringe now. But yes. back then, if you were the right kind of person, yep. it's what you lived on. Yes. Yeah. And I was that person. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be some embarrassing picture of me like wearing like pink eyeshadow and like under eye eyeliner wearing a like loose fitting Hot Topic t-shirt of a, mm. an embarrassing band. Yep. At 13, 15, 14, 15, I was all about wearing band shirts. Um, oh, yeah. Because I was super hopped up on the adrenaline of the shows that I was going to see and going to see live concerts in my uh you know in my in my middle school age it was like my way of qualifying how cool that i could probably be with the older kids and it didn't really work out when i saw no doubt because i brought a no doubt shirt to school and you know i wore it a lot but these uh i guess 10th graders or sorry 11th graders i guess at the time <laughs> would always like poke fun and say no doubt rules no doubt rules kind of like as if like it was O'Doyle rules from Billy Madison. Oh, oh. no. So in seventh grade, <laughs> I sported a Slipknot messenger backpack. 
Okay. Ooh, I've seen those. Yeah, and it came, but I, I was I was 12. <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, it came with a matching folder and pencil. And I was also, the year before, I was rocking an Apocalyptica t-shirt, which I still wear. <laughs> so I was like this little four foot tall death metal child. Yeah. I definitely wanted to stand out. You did? Yeah. I mean, I probably, by trying to stand out, just like fit in with everyone else who was also trying to stand out in that time period. What made you pick up a guitar for the first time? I had always wanted to play guitar. I come from like a very musical family. My dad's whole side of the family uh, is involved with music or plays music in some way or records or produces or, or, you know, sound engineers or whatever. And my parents are big music lovers. So I just like grew up being very into that. And um, my parents got me my first guitar when I was in the third grade. Wow. Because I always wanted one. Like even before that. And I used to get really scared when I went to sleep at night and like crawl into my parents' bed, like in the middle of the night. And the way my parents convinced me to not do that anymore was bribing me with a guitar. They were like, (laughs) if you sleep in your own bed uh, for one week, we will buy you a guitar. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I, and then, you know, I slept in my bed by myself for the rest of my life but like i had a guitar and it was amazing and i taught myself how to play uh you know various christmas songs i remember specifically frosty the snowman being a big one that i was proud of in the third grade i briefly took lessons and then i kind of just like got more and more into it as time went on and started writing my own songs and stuff would you recall some of the first songs that you wrote um, where, I mean, obviously you didn't necessarily record them, but like you definitely wrote them down. And did you save them? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have a very embarrassing notebook at my apartment from, I don't know, maybe like 10, 12 years ago of like songs that I first started writing in mm. early high school. Do you remember the lyrics to the first one? Um. Oh, God. This is a trick question. I know them. No kidding. Uh, I know one of the first ones off the top of my head uh, was called Perfect Mouth. And it started, how do you talk with a perfect mouth? The tips of your teeth have figured me out. Wow. Um, what? And that is like Boom. one of the first songs. That's That was probably like the third song that I wrote back then pretty uh nifty wordplay you got there thank you for um the age that for, that was 16 yeah. 15 before we get to uh our clips i wanted to uh, address the fact that i had mentioned uh when we introduced you to this at the top that uh jury duty is a band that uh is unfortunately not uh current currently uh in operation and i'm sorry to hear that thank you because uh you and the uh the, the band are quite talented i was lucky enough to see you guys uh rock an amazing show uh if i may say so uh thank you. but i forgot the name of the place is that the glove that was the yeah name? you saw us at the glove i saw i sorry it, it was a very hard to find venue I oh yeah lie. no it's it's like a hole in the wall it's very it's i mean it's supposed to be does that music that you are making because I, I i won't lie i mean i did not want to prep myself personally i know rachel hasn't heard any of this i haven't really heard any of this i don't think i maybe just like a few seconds but um the kind of music that you're creating now how would you say just in some kind of way in terms of the lyrics in terms of like the mood of the music that you're writing 
versus what you were kind of going for then, how have you matured into where you are now and the jury duty Madeline Long versus YouTube guitarist Madeline Long? I think that, I mean, definitely back then when I was just like on my own or writing songs for me and my best friend, I was just like very singer songwritery based. I loved very early Sharon Van Etten back then. Remember who Sharon Van Etten is again? She's like, I mean, she's really big now, but um, her early stuff is, she's she's very much a singer songwriter, like acoustic guitar, very like simple chords. Like it's all about like the melody that she's singing. I couldn't play a lot of complicated shit on the guitar. So I used like what I knew and sort of tried my best to expand from there, just being like, me and my guitar. Uh, my friend Beverly, who was in the duo with me, she would like that was sing the best harmony. You're talking about? Yeah. Okay. She would she would sing like harmony over that. Um and yeah, it was like it was cute. It was like very simple and like sweet. And I think that jury duty was uh I mean it was a full band. We had like a we had a bass player and uh rhythm guitar and main like lead guitar and drums. So it was like a much fuller sounding, like sort of harder rock band, like a little with like punk vibes. But it it suited the aesthetic to the kind of uh, representation you're trying to offer as an artist. Yeah. So it it, it wasn't too different. No, it it was like the skeletal versions of the songs could be singer songwriter songs. Yeah. But... In the band, we sort of like filled them out and wrote specific guitar parts or riffs or like bass lines or whatever that made them sound fuller and like harder and more intense than like the singer songwriter thing that I was doing back when I was in high school. We're going to play a video right now uh, of which the audio is the dominant feature and it's called Wine Song, and from the image, it appears that uh, it is you and Beverly here in this video. You know, as it's only fair, we uh, like to be, you know, very, very kind to our guests, and we want to be kind to the guests' uh, uh, other voices that are being heard. What would you think Beverly would think of hearing this right now? If, I, or if she if she was in the, the room or if she was, you know, on the phone listening to she this. She would be like, Madeline, why are you putting this anywhere? Um, <laughs> okay. This is like a very non-serious video. That's, um, hey, I'm, 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 I'm embarrassing myself. I don't know about you, That's, Rachel, but I'm, I'm into what I'm hearing. Yeah, me too. You're really hyping this up for me and I'm extremely excited. Oh, God. Onward. <laughs> First exhibit. Tonight, there will be lots of wine And I'm sure you'll be on my mind I might lock myself inside Someone else's bathroom for a while And I will call you At the worst time You might answer With a long sigh You might ask me Everybody else 
Gabby, um, we're going to discuss how every time we're playing a song for a camera and we fuck it up, it ends up being the best fucking song and video of that song ever, but we can't use it or put it anywhere because, you know, we fuck up at the end. And then when we do a song perfectly through and go back and watch it, it's terrible! Um, Madeline kind of took over this episode, so... I don't really know what else to say. It's our luck that it's going to suck. <laughs> I mean, I was in high school. Can I get a pass? <laughs> Rachel, thoughts? So, first of all, I felt that that had, like, the actual song and performance had the level of dedication that you can only get from teenagers. I thought it was good, but I think that quality and all that comes with experience, but the dedication only happens when you're that age. And that level of emotion, when you feel that you fucked things up, Mm-hmm. only happens that purely at that time. Yes, I think that is true. I definitely felt my failures uh, and mistakes very, very extremely during that time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go back to being cool. Yeah, and then I'm totally fine. I uh, think that's great. Yeah, it's like when you like are in high school and you like fall down in the hallway and make a fool of yourself yes. and then you immediately get up because you're like, well, you know, I have to pretend like that never happened. Oh, yeah. I like your haircut in this. Uh, thank you. I had no hair. You you kept your hair short when you were in high school? Yes. It was a very fashionable, sporting uh, sort of uh, Winona Ryder-esque uh, That was haircut. literally what I was going for. Shit. So. No fuck way. I was like, Girl Interrupted is my favorite movie. I am trying to be Winona Ryder and Girl Interrupted. All right. All right. So that was that was the goal. So thank I'm you on, so much for validating me. No, I'm on board with it. Come yeah. on. That's yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, I wish that uh, it, more people were as cool as that when I was growing up. But uh, I, I suppose if you're taking a haircut, no, if you're going to take a, a hair nod from one celebrity, I think Winona Ryder is a pretty good one. I agree. I agree. Thank you. I wish that uh, I had a better one. I think Conan O'Brien is still mine. <laughs> because, yeah, sure. Well, not anymore because my hair is much longer. <laughs> but there was a point where I was like, yeah. Can I cut your hair? No. I'll no. show you. I cut my friend's hair and I'll show you the job I did. Do it. Do it right now. After after we're done. <laughs> I must take a look at this. We have another video here. Actually, it's uh, as you, you said, this is audio specifically. Um, no video attached to this, but uh, an original song that you wrote called Older Boys. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Beverly, uh, my old bandmate slash friend from Jacksonville, and I wrote it together when what? we were in high school. Oh, that's Flamin'. I know you may be a little old, 
No, those harmonies were on point, Matt. <laughs> that that was like our whole thing was the harmonies. What were you pulling from inspirational wise? There was I felt like a lot of like uh, Dolores O'Riordan or jo- Joni Mitchell in there. Yeah, um, Beverly is classically trained in vocal. She like majored in classical singing uh, for our entire school upbringing, mm. um, and she can harmonize with like literally anything. So I could sing any note and she would be able to like harmonize with it perfectly, beautifully, no matter what. Perfect pitch. That's a Um, skill. Yeah. She's very, very talented. She has like the most angelic voice. And I kind of just was like, we should uh, play music together and I'll be the person who just writes the songs and you can make it sound good basically <laughs> how many good duos begin i suppose yes exactly well what made you stop uh making music with her um well i moved here you were making music with her all to, uh throughout the time that you were living in florida though yeah when i would go back and visit uh we would play shows sometimes oh, that's so the two cool of us but we kind of just like stopped doing that uh and she actually plays by herself now around Jacksonville. So you're in New York City now for how many years? Uh almost six. How long did it take for you to dive into playing music uh, with other folks um when you arrived here? Maybe like two years actually. So you really didn't uh, open yourself up to that in that kind of way just yet. Yeah, I I mean, for the first year that I was living here, I was uh, playing guitar alone in my apartment and posting YouTube videos. We have more to listen to after we come back from this break. I think we're going to be hearing actually a little more of uh, post-Florida Madeline and uh, when you uh, have arrived to the city officially, I do believe, unless I might have that timeline wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, there's there's. Yeah. The stuff you're going to be sharing is stuff that's been here when, when you when th- that was written when you got here. Yeah, or yeah. After you got here. Yeah. Oh, boy. When we return, we will hear more of the sounds of Madeline Long. Oh, great. <laughs> that's exactly what we need for the lead out. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Be back in a minute. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. It's flaming in here. You keep saying that and you realize that (laughs) 
Madeline's response before was very uh, appropriate. I was just confused. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. That was appropriate. And, uh, you know, I just went with it. We do have one more slice of the high school, Madeline. You have longer hair here. Uh, yeah, I do. I was trying to grow it out. It's a, it's an awkward length there. Awkward, you say? Uh, in my opinion, yes. W- you weren't trying to go for anybody specifically, or this is just like how your hair was naturally when you were younger, and you're like giving it a, f- a go for the first time since. Yeah, it was. It was like I was trying to grow out my pixie cut, and that was, uh, that was where it was mm. at that time. All right, here are you and Beverly singing an original song called "Stop Saying You Love Me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> see her getting up and turning off the video that that's isn't that isn't that a classic uh youtube uh, video making yes the the the, uh quintessential getting up and having to go across the room to turn it off to press the stop Mm -hmm. nope you can't just use a remote control you gotta get up yep you you can't you you, like an extended mouse like oh my god like all the way over there I'm just like envisioning like this like setup of like making sure you got the perfect way to stop videos without having to actually like God forbid get up from out of your chair. <laughs> um, that was really sweet though. I really like I like that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Take, I liked it too. Oh, over overlooking the 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 uh, last part. Now, I was gonna say um that that's your bed or is that Beverly's bed? Oh, that's my yeah no that's my room. That's a very Florida florally floral floral oh, floral. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I was, uh, yep, it's Florida, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, you say? Yep. 
I mean, there's a reason I'm here now. Tell, so. tell us about that. What what uh, made you decide to move to New York after all? Um, I always wanted to live here and I always wanted to not live in Jacksonville and specifically Florida. So it made sense. You went to college in Florida. I didn't go to college. You didn't go to college. Yeah. Did you entertain going uh, somewhere af- uh, for undergrad? I went to like a community college. Uh, I took like a couple of courses in Jacksonville um, before I moved here. But that was it. Yep. It's okay. You did all right because you don't have to pay any, uh, uh, you know, uh, student loans or whatever. Oh, yeah. Tuition. De- I am debt free, baby. <sighs> Good place to be now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's nodding <laughs> along. Rachel, you just graduated college. so And I'm in graduate school. So there you go. Oh, you, yeah, you don't have to worry about paying anything yet, really. Not yet. But it's just going to amass. Hopefully yep. it'll all just go away. Um, I, I hope so. I, I don't know where it's going to go, but I mean, we could all use it to be. I'm I'm just recently myself uh, paid it all off. So wow, congratulations! I, I, I can't take all the responsibility. It was a mutual effort um, on my and my parents' part. Uh, we were both doing it together. So, mm-hmm. but we made it work. We did it together with great patience over how long? Thirteen years? Yeah. Jesus. Fourteen years? Yeah, exactly. It'll um, probably take me probably that long. Yeah. Yeah. With the setup that I have, because even if there is some sort of student loan relief program set up, I have too much privilege. And the way that my loans are is that they're not going away. Yeah. At least for the now. At least no, the way No, 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 no. Like, like never. <sighs> Sadness. So. Madeline, when you got to the city, what was your forte? You weren't going for an education, but you were going just to be here. Yeah, um, I really just wanted to get out of where I spent my entire life. But you could have gone to California. Yeah, no, but I'm definitely more of a New York kind of gal. Had you visited New York before? Yes, yeah. You had? I had. I had uh, my first trip to New York. I was 16. I came with my mom. We had like a cute little summer trip where we stayed in the Chelsea. And, you know. Was that culture shock for you? Surprisingly, no. I felt like immediately at ease when we came here. I just felt like I was at home, which I guess was sort of a shock in its own way. Yeah. Uh, considering I never really felt at home where I was from. So, yeah, I kind of just like always imagined that I would end up here. And I played shows here with that band that I was touring with a few times. We played CMJ. So. Oh, that's nice. I sort of like became somewhat familiar with New York when before I moved here. You know, Jacksonville, from everything I understand, I've never been there, but I'm uh, understanding that uh, it's a square mileage wise, it's the largest city in America or one yes. of Yes. Yeah. Uh, Land wise, it's the largest city in the US. So you go from a city like that, right? Which is more or less a sprawling, unfamiliar wasteland of people who, you know, it's suburbs. It's not really much as much city. It's more suburbs. Is that correct? It's very flat and are like, uh, I mean, it is a city, but the city areas of it are pretty much empty. Like our downtown is sort of like gutted. It's become more lively since I've moved because that's my luck. But um. But yeah, it's like the city aspects of it are pretty not non-existent. When you moved to New York, where did you live? When I first moved here, I was with my boyfriend at the time staying in our friend's apartment in Soho, 
while (laughs) while he was on his honeymoon for two weeks. So the first two weeks I lived in New York, I was living in Soho on like Spring Street, like right there. It was crazy. And then after that, I moved into an apartment in Crown Heights and I lived there for about a year. So you've been in Brooklyn ever since then? Yeah, and I've been in Brooklyn ever since. But your first uh, excursion in New York was very... Uh, <laughs> it was very... Not, not a Jacksonville yeah, experience. Yeah, no, no, no. no, you were, no. I mean, you're literally in the epicenter of everything. Yeah. I can't think of a busier effing subway stop than the Prince Street R. Oh, it was crazy. And I worked at the anthropology over there. It was nuts. <laughs> okay. That's incredible. Yeah, it was a nightmare. There's a special circle of hell for retail. And yes. you're combating the special circle of hell by doing more of what you do best, which is uh, creating uh, music in this case. Uh, Were you writing a lot of poetry just freeform back then too? I wasn't really writing much poetry back then. I was really more writing songs. And what's this first song we're going to be hearing? It's called Ice. Oh, that is, that came much later. That, that is a very short, uh, very rough uh, song that I wrote uh, during a very dark time in my life. So that this is how many years into the city? Four? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say like four years in. Okay. Maybe three, actually. Okay. So it's it's still early Madeline Long NYC experiences. Yeah, yeah. saying about how it was uh, written uh, during a very hard time, a very rough emotional time. Yeah, I feel like you can't even hear, I mean, you definitely can't hear anything that I'm saying in that recording because it was like the only time I recorded that and it was very much just like, I need to do this in some way, like I need to get this out in some fashion, so... Have you ever heard of the mantra to write something down and then immediately crumple it up into a ball and then throw it out and never see it again? Yes. What do you think about that? I 
respect it and I understand it, but I'm like way too sentimental to just like throw something away like that. So even though I obviously never planned on doing anything with like this horrible lo-fi recording of a song that, you know, I did on my phone, I don't think I could bring myself to like throw anything like that away. Sure. No, I think it's about the fact that um, and maybe I'm just speculating here that in the moment when you are back is against the wall and you need to do something, you need a, a catharsis, you need a way to release it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be put out there for the world to hear. But as long as you're hearing it yourself and maybe you don't have to necessarily listen to it right after. Right. But you record it. Yeah. Just for posterity. Yeah. And to give yourself that perspective to say, like, this is what I sounded like when I was at like a one versus the, the like maybe, I don't know. Are, what would you say like, you're like, you're at like an eight or a nine or a seven now, like happiness wise oh. <laughs> Sorry. versus when that, I didn't like, mean to snort. It's okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm, comparatively, I'm not trying to like comparatively. Oh yeah. I'm at like a fucking 100. <laughs> that okay. was, that was low, low. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got this experience to at least in the moment, just find the first thing. And just record something and you can't hear any of the lyrics but um is there any of those lyrics that you remember writing uh yeah i mean i i myself know all what what i would, was saying would I'm you sure. be comfortable sharing them since uh, we didn't hear all of them yeah um it starts i miss you like hell and i don't care who knows it your eyes are a well where i've fallen and over it grows a mountain of snow memories of you feel like blades cutting ice Remember when you asked what the inside of my heart looks like? Empty buses at night. Everyone knows I'm a violent romantic. I've written this song a hundred times before you. And if you think that means that I loved any of them, just know that that isn't true. It's really, really stunning. Um, Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I mean, no, I mean, it's definitely... um, that 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 sounds like someone who was very hurt and affected and uh you just needed to just put it out there and i love the visuals uh really it's a very good uh use of uh wordplay and rhyming everything and fitting it all in and making it just sound very symmetrical i think is the word i'm looking for thank you um, I don't know if I'm the only person that thinks that, but I thought that's the case. I think that was a good word for it, symmetrical. Symmetrical. Oh, yeah, I like that. I'm a little mathematical when it comes down to it every now and again. When you write something with that kind of imagery, did this sort of feel like a door was opening to not necessarily having to put music on all of your poems? Yeah, um, I think that actually that around that time, like very shortly after that uh, is when I started writing poetry again did you ever like make a chapbook or like any kind of like put your work in any zines or anything i'm not really public about my poems <laughs> you're not public about your poems but you are public about your music what where's the difference are you more comfortable with your musicianship versus your lyricism yeah i think i am i th- yeah definitely like in regards to like playing in a band i'm more comfortable sharing the spotlight than i am uh you know like this is a poem that I wrote and it has nothing to do with anyone else. No one has any say so in my poetry, except for me. In my mind, the criticism is going to all be on me. So I'm kind of like weirder about putting my poetry out there, I guess. 
I never really did it either. It's sort of like a not 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 a hobby per se. It's an art, but it's a personal art. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of poetry. Sick. Yeah. Poetry is so sick and, and so dope. And only some of it is public. Like very little of it is public. Yeah. I went to school for it. I, I majored in poetry or creative writing and uh, did poet did poetry pretty much the entire <laughs> time I was in college and uh, I kind of wore myself out really thin on it. When you start writing so much and you completely lose everything that you want to talk about and write about because you've written about everything that's happening up until like that moment. You just write yourself into the into the present tense and it's just like, oh God, what am I going to write about now? Because if you're going from past experiences and all and you've written about all of them already that you feel like you can talk about and write about with some kind of level of logic um, from a poetic standpoint. Yeah. I I unfortunately feel like I have like way too much ongoing sadness to write about. So that has never really been a problem for me. Same. There's, <laughs> there's <laughs> pretty much only two moods that I write poetry in. And that's the most common one is like in a really dark place. Yeah. We have time for one more song of which is a cover. Tell us about when you first got into the magnetic fields. Oh, wow. Uh so my ex-boyfriend who um i met in jacksonville who had me join his band you know the one that we toured around the states i gathered no (laughs) yeah um he uh really loved the magnetic fields and i was a young impressionable girl i knew like a couple of songs and he was like oh well here's this mix cd of magnetic field songs that i have and I immediately was like, this is the greatest lyricism ever. All of their songs are so brilliant. I just immediately connected with Stephen Merritt a lot. He's a um, very interesting enigmatic fellow from everything I gathered. Um, I have only one album, but it's a big one. It's uh, 69 Love Songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Literally that's like big. A masterpiece. Three CD disc set of just very interesting pop songs, including... Um, I'm the luckiest guy on the Lower East Side. Oh yeah. Uh, I want a zebra. Um, oh God. There's a lot of songs. It's 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 a very it's a fun listen, but I, I haven't listened to it in a while. Admittedly, it's a, a heavy listen. It's one of those listens that you know when you want to begin, um, you don't want to stop. So, what made you decide to, to cover this song though specifically? What, what what's it called? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, me and my ex boyfriend of that band did a cover of it because it's a duet sort of a very like darkly comic duet we recorded it and it sounded great and then we broke up and i never heard it again i don't know what happened to the recording it was like professionally recorded and it just disappeared into the ether Mm -hmm. um and i just like really love singing that song so i kind of a few years later just thought like i'll just sing it myself and recorded it myself so i'm doing both parts (laughs) all right Doing double time here on Yeah, Oh Yeah by the Magnetic Fields, covered in 2015, 2014? I don't know. Some, some something, something like that. Pre-dark pre, pre uh, dark timeline era. Let's just go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here we go. Are you out of love with me? Are you out of love Do I drive you up the tree? Driving up the wall, 
song like that when you had a strong memory with somebody who you did that song with do you reclaim the memory of that song yeah definitely very much so bury the hatchet a little bit yeah i definitely felt that way when i recorded it where could people see you perform um if you're not doing jury duty uh then you're clearly holding court somewhere well i'm actually reading at sarah's series same page reading series at kgb next month september 11th actually September 11th yeah. at 7 It's at 7, yeah. 7, 7 p.m. PM at KGB. Nikki Meinhardt and Sarah Madges' uh, show will feature uh, our friend Madeline Long next month. And you could follow Madeline on Instagram mm-hmm. at Madeline J. Long. You have a cat. I have a cat named Princess Carolyn after uh, the Bojack Horseman character, Princess Carolyn, who is a cat. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Oh, my God. I hate that I just made that joke with you at the same time. <laughs> Mind mill. I was like, oh God, I'm making this. Long here on Lost and Rewound this week. Thanks so much, Madeline. Thank you, guys. You're a team player. It was wonderful. You were great. Oh, thanks. If you, like Madeline, are inspired to share anything of that confessional nature, any voice memos, MP3s of your old music from when you were younger, and you have anything you want to share and pitch us, by all means, hit us up. 
at lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We have to go, but before we go, <laughs> we're, we're recording from the rec room here in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. And uh, there's more than just lost and rewound. What else happens at the rec room? Well, Rachel's going to tell you all about that. Radio Free Brooklyn Teen Squad Live is part of an after-school program for local teenagers designed to learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. If you'd be interested in participating or donating to this program, please go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash teen squad. Thank you so much, Rachel. You're welcome. I found my legs. Yay! Yay! Radio Free Brooklyn. Lost and Rewound. Back at you next week. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah, is she in my bag? But I definitely need to find a report. Oh. Oh, there she is. There she is. Oh, oh my god. god. You're cute. Oh. And you're not going to distract me anymore. So I know. Why is there? Oh, is that? You're using a measuring spoon as a water bowl. Yeah, but she ignored it so fucker. That is so <laughs> yep. cute. She ignored it so fucker. <laughs>